very exciting uh, month to come and because... And we've gone to the top. We've gone to the very top. Football Federation Australia's CEO ahead of the Women's World Cup, which starts, well, in July 20. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic Pumped. month and a bit of football. And James Johnson joins us. G'day, James. Hi, Jack. Hi, Was. How are you both? Could Thank you. Be better, mate. Thank you. I mean, you must be extremely busy. So to give us some of your time is just uh, incredible. So thank you. Um, how's it all been and what's the preparation been like? No problems at all. It's great to be on the show. It's been a, it's actually been a very busy four or five months. Um, we had this special window starting with uh, the Qatar World Cup. And Socceroos obviously did very well over there. Um, and this window... The other side of it is, is the Women's World Cup, and we're now only 22 days away from it kicking off, so things are very exciting. We're seeing the branding go up in all of the uh, cities where stadiums are at. We're seeing teams arrive in Australia. We've got the trophy in Australia at the moment, so it's, uh, it's, it's all ready to go. It's very exciting. Uh, it was here, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we also have seen the announcement of the commentary team, and uh, we're, we're big fans of the commentators here. We know that they add to and sometimes make the sport. Uh, we've had Simon Hill on uh, a couple of times, but to join him up, the, the voice of soccer with one of the greats in Bruce McAvaney, you must be pleased with that. We, we, we really are. Um, look, we're very... Uh, very proud actually with both Seven and Optus um, who, who they're using um, it's important for our sport that we have a good mixture of people that uh, know the game um, really intimately but also people that, that understand Australian sport and I think um, having people um, um, like the, of the calibre that we've got at Optus and Seven we're, we're very happy about Well that's good, no, it's going to be fantastic I just wanted to know though James how did it all come about I mean to get the World Cup to Australia, and I know we're sharing it with New Zealand, but we know the history of Australia trying to bid for World Cups in the past and the, you know, the failed bid, that famous one, uh, a decade ago, but how did we end up with this? So in, uh, in, in the early parts of 2020, we were at the back end of the bidding process. Um, we put a what I think was a, a world-class bid together, um, and there was about six or seven countries that were bidding to host the World Cup at the time. Um, it was very complicated and uh, it ended up being our bid versus uh, Colombia in South America and um, we, we, we got over the line. We got over the line because we were able to get the, the votes from Asia, uh, the Pacific, Oceania as we call it in football, um, from Africa and also uh, North and Central America. Um, so we won the vote uh, quite substantially and uh, that meant that we got to host the World Cup three and a bit years later, which is where we are today. And what about uh, the obstacles, let's say, from, from now until up until uh, kick-off? What, what are, you, are there any expectations on uh, sort of obstacles or are you, uh, how are you feeling about the sort of lead-up now? Look, if you had have asked me two weeks ago, I, I probably would have been a little bit nervous as there was some uh, some broadcast deals that still needed to be done in the big European markets, uh, Germany, France, Italy, Spain and England, but those broadcast deals are in place. So on the broadcast side, uh, we're uh, in very good shape. We're expecting um, a, a total audience of 2 billion people mm. over the month. Football, that's uh, more than 25% of the world's population. Mm. Um, ticket sales are going very well, particularly uh, in Melbourne. There's going to be six fantastic games. Uh, there's been nearly 120,000 tickets that have already been sold. 
um, so we're, we're, we're good in Melbourne, we're good in Sydney, Perth's looking good, Adelaide's looking good. We've still got a little bit of work to do up in Brisbane, um, but we're, we're pretty sure that um, uh, come three weeks' time, uh, those, those tickets will be very hard to get. And we look at uh, the calibre of the Matildas at the moment. I mean, the timing is, is perfect. We've got the best player in the world playing for us, and we've also got a good core group of players that that I, I would hope that you're going to start sort of introducing in the lead-up and so that people can get to know them a little bit better. Yeah, that's right. It's a very good team, and uh, we've we put in, uh, in place a very heavy schedule for this team over the past two and a half years, and we've tried to blood a lot of young players. Uh, so we're going into this this World Cup with not just um, 11 players. We're going in with a, a, a full squad. And in order to do well at these sorts of competitions, you need a squad of about 18 players. So we've got 18 players that have been playing regularly over the past two and a half years at the international level. And not only have they been playing regularly, they've been playing against the world's best opposition. When we kick off our farewell match in Melbourne uh, on the 14th of July against France... It will mean that the Matildas have played every top 10 team in the world uh, over the past two years. So they've had a, a very difficult schedule, and we think it sets them up uh, very well uh, for, for to, to, to start the competition on the 20th of July. Mm. Well, that's extraordinary. And is, so you mentioned that. So the whole squad is, is healthy and obviously raring to go. We saw footage of them um, up on the Gold Coast on the weekend watching the AFL. So uh, everyone's fit and raring to go? Yeah, look, there's a few niggly injuries and we're obviously keeping a very close eye on Kaya Simon, who'd been out with a torn ACL, who is probably borderline for being fit. Hopefully she will be fit. But look, for the majority of the squad, they're pretty fit. We have been trying to work closely with their clubs over the past two years and really tried to ensure that the players weren't overplaying. Um, and that meant some hard decisions. Um, we, we lost against Scotland um, uh, back in uh, earlier this year, and that was because we didn't play some of our top players, such as Sam Kerr. But the reason we did that um, was because we wanted to make sure that the players were fresh coming into this World Cup and they're, they're, they're able to peak. Um, so we're, we're pretty happy with, with where the team is. Um, injuries seem to be okay, uh, but now it's about keeping the players fit and making sure they're peaking coming 20 July. And uh, your role personally, obviously um, it's a major role, but coming up towards and during the World Cup, are you uh, you're giving yourself sort of some time to at least enjoy it or uh, sort of sit back a, a fraction and, and, and enjoy what you've, what you've brought to us? Uh, in, in theory, I'd, I'd love to be doing that. I'm not, not sure if it'll work <laughs> <laughs> on the ground. It's going to be a... A very uh, heavy schedule. Actually, it's already heavy, and it's only going to uh, to ramp up as we get into the, the Women's World Cup. But look, it's it's one of these moments for the sport um, that is, uh, I would say, the most important part of, of, of our history. So it's one of those that we might not sleep much, but it's uh, a period that we'll all remember for the for the rest of our lives, I'm sure. Absolutely. No, it certainly will be. Um, so all, as I said, it all kicks off on July, uh, Thursday, July tw- uh, 20, and Australia are taking on, who's that, is that Ireland? Ireland, that's right. Yes. 20 July, Stadium Australia, but we are in Melbourne um, on the 31st of July, and uh, that's shaping up to probably be the most exciting group stage match, because the winner of that match um, is, is, is likely to miss England in the round of 16. Mm. Um, so that's, uh, that's an important match in Melbourne.
Yes, and that, that one's at the Melbourne Rectangular Stadium, so Amy Park, uh, as we know it. Was there any thought on bringing it to the MCG or getting getting that venue involved, considering the popularity of this group and and what what you know crowds could go? Yeah, when when we were designing the original bid, um, certainly that was a consideration, and that's something that uh, you know I hope when we bid for a future Men's World Cup. Um, you know, we're able to to resolve. Uh, at the time, it wasn't able to be ag- agreed that we could have uh, the MCG available uh, on August 20 because of the AFL season, um, and that's a shame because I think um, had it have had been at the MCG, that would have been sold out. Mm. It's nevertheless, uh, it's going to be Sydney uh, Sydney Stadium, Australia, and uh, we are already close to selling that out for the final, and also the opening match has already been sold out as well, which is where the Matildas will play Ireland. Right. And in the uh, the countries that are coming over, um, how how have you got them sort of set up, and uh, is everybody happy? No issues. Yeah, look, the teams are starting to arrive uh, at the moment. Um, so the Matildas are in a pre-camp up on the Gold Coast. They'll actually be in Melbourne from uh, from next week when we'll open a, a high performance centre as part of our legacy program called the Home of Matildas. One hundred fourteen million dollar investment uh, by the federal and and state government into this high performance center so the materials will be in melbourne and they'll be based uh, in in brisbane for the remainder of the tournament um but look we're, we're going to have half the teams that will be in australia and half the teams will be in new zealand um as the as the uh the, the competition progresses more and more content shifts to australia so that means that by the end of the tournament all the teams that are still playing will be in australia so they'll be spread throughout five cities around the country from perth to adelaide to uh, sydney melbourne and also brisbane um, and the teams are arriving as we speak it's all terribly mm. exciting it is terribly exciting what, so just say that well let's just know this will be a success uh well, we know that because australia doesn't hold dud events um what, what does it bode well? Does it bode well for hosting the men's World Cup at some stage? I mean, again, I, I go back to the point that we 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 bid and failed, you know, about a decade ago. But what will this do to the men's game, and uh, hopefully get that here? So look, we we, we will, this will be a successful uh, World mm. Cup, and we are uh, absolutely sure it will be. Um, I think that that sets up very nicely for a future. Uh, men's World Cup bid. There's also other content that FIFA have recently created, namely the Club World Cup, which is effectively a global Champions League with the best 32 clubs in the world that will play every four years. Uh, that competition kicks off uh, uh, the inaugural one in uh, in the United States in 2025. But look, I think if we deliver the tournament the way uh, we believe we will, um, it does mean that we will bid for future World Cups. And if you take Canada as an example, uh, they host the 2015 Women's World Cup and they're hosting or co-hosting the Men's World Cup in 2026. So um, FIFA will look at this favourably if we deliver the best ever Women's World Cup and where uh, well, we believe that we will do that and we're well on our way to doing so. Well, with all the research I did, James, uh, you were the reason that we got it. So we got the right man for the job. <laughs> it was a, it was a team effort, so um, I'm just I'm glad to hear while it happened. Well, look, that's fantastic, mate. Hey, we'll let you get back to work, mate. It's going to be a super month and a bit. Uh, we literally cannot wait. So, and uh, we really appreciate you giving us some of your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, well, James. Fantastic, James Johnson, there, CEO of uh, Football Federation Australia.